0: Yep. It's the Jeremy Webisodes podcast. Here we go. It's cold. Why do you have your jacket it's on? It's cold. I mean, but that's like a very thick jacket and, and sweatshirt. A jacket and sweatshirt. <laughs> And I know that you have a very thick layer of body hair underneath that. We got a a bunch of layers going on. I mean, (laughs) arguably, we're up to four because I'm pretty sure you have a shirt on under the under the the sweatshirt. Right. I just don't.
1: Nobody should go nude to sweatshirt. Were you thinking we were going to play
0: strip poker tonight? You didn't (laughs) want to lose, or it's
1: cold. How do you have one layer on? It's
0: hot. Where? I've been drinking. We're in the same room. (laughs) I, I, firstly, I, I run very hot. I don't know if you know that about me. Secondly, it's hot in here. See, Ryan's always in the middle.
2: Yeah, and I'm right in the middle, and I'm, and I'm warm. Like, I'm, I was contemplating taking it off, because it's, like, I'm not comfortable in it, but I'm also lazy enough to not want to remove it.
0: Because it's, but, but can I ask you, is it a little warm? here Simon would you do me the largest a favor and at least and check to see if the the heat is on because I think I did leave it on it. we don't want it on it's hot to the point back to the full Columbia jacket right that's rated for like I put Arctic. it on
1: I put it on right before we started and he immediately made fun of me because yeah, no think it's it's, a little, it's, 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 a, a, it's for warmth I mean this is a great jacket I don't know why I'm so cold well maybe you'll warm up the the beer to all is
0: ice us. cold. Listen, welcome the, to the show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're hoping you're gonna warm up to the show. Uh Josh's coming in cold, so <laughs> maybe he'll thaw out. Um this is Webisode thirty four of the Jeremy Webisodes podcast, recorded Wednesday, March seventeenth of the year two thousand twenty one. And never fear the lava lamp is in fact burning brightly in the lab as a beacon for all the lost souls in the world, may they find their way home. <laughs> and Joss is apparently just absolutely freezing cold. And I gotta be honest, it's St. Patty's Day, and your last name is McGinty. Right. So you the best day of the year. So that's what I'm thinking, maybe I mean having even I would have thought you would have started drinking at noon. And no. if you were drunk, there's clearly no way you would be freezing. That cold. well,
1: there's the giveaway. There's the tell. So how right? Irish can you? When really we be? lived in <laughs> when you li- we lived in New York City, you give me enough Jameson and we go out there in 18 inches of snow. In when we
0: were huddled together, yeah. 15 people. Uh, well, you've been out
1: there when it was snowing with us. It gets cold out there, but
3: but know, this is it's Southern not, It's not this kind
1: of cold. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I've gotten. I've gotten. I've wussed up. What was li- the- living back out here?
2: If you see Joss in a sweatshirt, he's not drunk. Hey Siri, <laughs> what was the temperature today?
3: The high temperature for today will be fifty-four degrees, and the low will be yeah. forty-eight.
0: That's okay, cool. that didn't really play into.
1: The but high- no, no, no. But oh, that's cold. Well, well we're get cut that we're leaving that in because that <laughs> is cold. <laughs> fifty-four
0: cold. is cold. Fifty-four is not hot.
1: What I'm looking for is really for something to warm me up.
0: Hey, what a great—you know—that's why we keep you around, Joss. For nothing else, it's your segue, (laughs) your smooth, smooth segue. You know, I got something to warm you up. Okay. What day is it? What did I mention? It's St. Patrick's Day. So you think we got what? What? Who? Who? who,
1: St. Patrick is that? Irish? Is that Dutch? No, no. Jameson.
0: Of all the Irish whiskeys. When you think of Irish whiskey, I was trying to think of Irish whiskeys today. Came up with Jameson, right? Mm -hmm. Came up with that proper 12 piss that we have still sitting on the shelf over there. (laughs) Yeah. Because it was absolute ass water. Never have another sip of that shit.
2: (laughs) Unless that guy's standing in front of you. (laughs) Yeah, because then I'll drink it. Then it's great. Yeah, mmm. What's
0: that guy's name? Conor McGregor? Yeah. Hey, Conor. <laughs> Yum, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. Um so yeah. Hopefully I don't ever come up with If you, hey, listen, buddy. I'll drink some of it. It's not yeah. that bad. You Piss never water. know. Ass flavored. <laughs> Piss water. Piss water. Okay, so um, it's not, you know, but uh, here's the thing. The caveat to that is, Connor, I'm not the hugest fan of Irish whiskey in general.
2: <laughs> I got to be honest. Because... Uh, not it's, only, let me let me translate that. Not only do I not like your product.
0: I don't like a whole lot of Irish I don't Irish like your product.
2: entire nation's product. <laughs> product.
0: And not to be, you know, but I've made it very clear that I'm not the hugest single malt fan. Right. Right? I like kind of a corn mash bill. I'm an American... I like a lot of corn. I'm a corn-fed. Look at me. I'm corn-fed through and through. And so this this single malt stuff isn't my favorite thing. Um, and But in going through, I came up with Bushmills, which is another Irish right. whiskey. In fact, I didn't come up with it. Our good friend Ryan Hatch brought that one to my attention. Mm-hmm. And so I almost went Bushmills tonight because it wasn't the first one that came to mind, and I kind of like to keep it. You know, keep people guessing. But I also, every time I think of Irish whiskey, I think of Jameson. And for whatever reason, bartenders across the nation seem to love Jameson. And I think that that, I've always thought that the reason that that happened is because Jameson sucks. And Mm. so they always had a lot of Jameson sitting around. And so they could drink it without having to worry that they were going to cut into what the people that were there wanted to drink.
2: I think a lot of people like it. Like Jameson? Yeah. I okay. think it's it may be uh maybe it's the whole thing, maybe it's the the Saint Paddy's Day and the whatever might add a little nostalgia to it and make it taste better. I don't know. I've never really been a huge Irish whiskey fan and I've been to all of the ones and
0: I think I got another one. Tullamore. Dew. Oh yeah. Nice. Okay. Right, I feel like is that is that just straight Irish whiskey? I don't I think know. Think it's lot an about Irish whiskey. Do you know just pull that out it. the bottom. I mean, Dewey. I like. <laughs> I, I mean, like, that's the that's the nice way of saying that you just pull that out your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you just yeah.
2: pull that out the bottom.
0: I'm, I, I, out of my rear. Out of my rear. Right, Lafrogue? or is that uh, no? That's Scotch. That's Scotch. Yeah. So I've been to the Jameson Distillery. Me too. in too. Ireland. Right. Yeah, I didn't like it that much when I was there either. (laughs) I mean, it was cool to see the whole process, but uh, but at the end of the day, you know, whatever. I'm I'm not the hugest fan of of a single malt, and and but so for tonight, um, I didn't want to just go straight Jameson either because that seemed boring. So Jameson's doing a thing right now that they are calling uh, the uh, Distillers or the Whiskey Makers series, Mm. and there's three. And they're honoring the their cooper, their blender, and their master distiller. And the one to, that I got tonight is the one that is honoring their cooper. Um, it is Jameson's The Cooper's Crows by head cooper Ger Buckley. It's G-E-R. I don't know mm-hmm. how you pronounce that.
1: But Gurr Buckley. I have never, ever, ever heard of this.
0: So this is fun. So Jameson's The Cooper's Crows. And we're we're gonna crack it, and then we're gonna we're start talking about it. Uh, right out of the gate, what's your
1: anticipation level here? Are you ooh? Are you feeling that sounded glassy? Oh, it's nice. got
2: a it's got a nice bottle. It's got a nice label. Um, ooh. I think it's got a nice color.
0: Give me your glass.
1: Yeah, I like the action here. I like the pour. Sounds great. Of course, that's just because Jeremy makes his mic sound better than ours.
2: You good, Josh? Buttery. you?
1: I like that. I don't have to pour
0: my own, but you do.
2: Yeah. Ooh. Oh
0: yeah. So um very nice. So they they did, like I said, Jameson's, uh Ooh. like I said, Jameson is doing this thing, the whiskey maker series. This one is the Cooper's Crows. Um do you know what a Cooper is, Joss? Uh yeah. Uh it's an actor
1: that's been in several movies. Including uh, Gary Cooper.
0: No, that's not what I'm talking about. Super duper. <laughs> In the process of making whiskey, one of the most important parts of the process is the Cooper. Do you know what that is?
1: The Cooper Scooper.
0: So, no. no. Do you know what a Cooper is, right? Yes. Do you know, Simon? No. No, you don't know what a Cooper is. Okay. So, the Cooper is a guy who makes the barrel, a barrel maker. Is a cooper. Huh. So in Irish whiskey, unlike American whiskey, they reuse their barrels over and over. So not only is a cooper in Ireland making brand new barrels, but they're also keeping barrels alive. So because in in Irish whiskey making, they reuse the barrels over and over and over. And the cooper's job is to refurbish it, add new um, staves. And new uh, rings, and as as become necessary, because they have to keep refurbishing their barrels. Uh, so a cooper in um, in Irish whiskey making is a very big job. A cooper has a lifetime job working for the distillery, making their barrels and maintaining their barrels. Whereas in the bourbon industry, you go to the cooper, you buy a brand new barrel you use it, and then you sell it to somebody else that's willing to use used barrels. But in the Irish whiskey tradition, they will quite often buy used bourbon barrels, and then it's Cooper's job to maintain it and to continuously use it until it absolutely deteriorates to the point... won't hold together. Yeah, you can't hold together anymore. So that's what a Cooper is. It's a barrel maker. This is their barrel maker's... uh, uh, Go at it. Edition. Where's the bottle? The Cooper's Crows. C-R-O-Z-E. What a, right. Tell. What, a cro, what is a Crows? Ah. Right. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> those things that you to sit outside your window. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Crows is the bevel on the bottom and top of the barrel that the head sits, sits on. In. And it's also the tool that mm-hmm. makes that bevel which is a really cool-looking tool. I will show you what it looks like.
2: It's got a little uh, flat rim on it, so it sits right on the top of the barrel, and then it has a little, uh, like, a plane. Yeah, like a plane that cuts it in.
0: Right, so it makes that little bevel in the top and the bottom of the barrel that the head, the flat part, sits in. And then you put the rings on the outside so it seats, and then that's how a barrel is made. So uh Cooper's Crows um, refers to the actual tool that he uses to make that bevel in the barrel.
1: A couple things here. One, it says since 1780. I'm assuming that's the Jameson label itself, yes. right? I mean, I, yes. I don't know how far back we're going with this, but may I, may I read it? Yes. The Cooper's Crows, celebrating the passion of our craftsmen, the Whiskey Maker Series presents the Cooper's Crows. Quote, I wanted to craft a whiskey that shows the versatility of wood and the flavors it creates from sweet vanilla to rich fruits and toasted wood. Well, we gave away the smell test.
0: Well, but I mean, those are all things we've always talked about in in it.
1: The crows is a tool I use to cut grooves into which the heads of the casks are fitted.
0: See? There you go. What's cool is that you read that. And that we've talked about that tonight. And then in four or five podcasts, when I ask you if you know what a Cooper's Crows is, you'll have absolutely no fucking idea. That's a there's a
1: very good chance of that.
2: You know so, why that is. Why is that? Long term alcoholism. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Brain dead is, <laughs> is, <that>, is <laughs> alright let's let's get into it. Let's get some some uh get some nose.
1: It's only uh, why well, I say only. It's eighty six proof, so yeah. not nearly as strong as some of the other ones we've been
0: trying. It's exactly Jack Daniels.
2: Mm, What's the that? age? I mean, it's 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 a little lighter than a lot a lot of them.
0: That's actually really good. Give me some. What are you smelling? Right, let me... Nectarine. Okay. Nectarine. Galubrious fruits. Yeah, for fruits. You, Ryan?
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's the normal the normal normal suspects. I th- I feel like it has a little more oakiness, like it's a little more core. Like I find oak to be a little bit more abrupt at the beginning, and then you have the fruits at the end. And I I'm getting a little more forward on the, but it is it tons of vanilla, tons of everything tons of fun. Yeah, it's
0: it's just super barley forward. Yeah. It's barley all day, baby. You can still
1: certainly taste original Jameson in there. And you know, it doesn't it right. doesn't it's, fly it's got that too far away mall, from the coupe. Um
0: in what I like about it is that it doesn't have any of the peatiness that yeah. scotch has. Yeah. Um it's just straight, it's a barley whiskey with with, an, with a nice oaky finish. It's so it's a clean drinking. I would, I would way, let's make this very clear. Yeah. I would way rather drink Irish whiskey than scotch mm. all day. Yeah. I will drink Irish whiskey all day before I drink scotch, which brings me to another really cool point. Whiskey is often spelled two different ways. Well, it is spelled two different ways whiskey with an E and without. Americans. And the Irish and I made this point before, but I want to make it again. Americans and the Irish spell it with an e. Scotch, Japanese, Canadi- Canadians, everybody else, Can-
1: Canadians,
2: Canadians, Canadians,
0: <laughs> Canadians, Canadians, they all do it. Yeah. With without the e, okay. So that's cool. I, I, I think that the fact that it's St. Patty's Day and we're drinking and Americans and Irish spell whiskey the same way, we have, and, and I've, I've spoken to that, you know, what that is, is because the American whiskey tradition is the Irish whiskey tradition that came from Scotch-Irish people moving to the Appalachian area and moonshining and making whiskey and Moving to Kentucky and developing that whole, that's where it is. It's, that's that direct line.
2: To the E. <laughs> yeah,
0: to the, to the e, e in whiskey. Right? Cheers. So, it's good. It's got a very, very clean palate, yeah. which I don't hate. Um, I You know, it's got the barley. I'm missing the corn. Yeah. That's what I miss in it. But, um
2: it's it's a, I would oaky give it a little start, bit start, a little sweet at the end.
0: Some tobacco. I'm gonna give it some um, some sage. Yeah,
1: a little mm. mint in there. It's it's uh, it's getting better every sip.
2: I they tend to do that. They
1: tend to do that. Right? Yeah. What, that's how's it going that's to taste more. The third glass? That's, let me give you a. Uh, that's more
2: you... <laughs> because, uh, not because of the whiskey is uh, maturing, but because your taste buds I'm are not mature. Yeah, right. <laughs>
0: Here's what they got on the website Nose, a subtle flower petal perfume develops into rich, ripe fruits, while some charred oak and cedar wood bring balance and complexity, a seamless infusion of American and Spanish oak character.
2: I got your cedar. I think I see that. Right? Maybe yeah.
0: that was the sage I was... Yeah. Taste. The initial impression is from the sweet vanilla of the American ex-bourbon barrels. Right? Because okay. all that vanillin and cinnamon always comes from the oak. That's where that magic happens. This brings added depth to the rich fruits typical of the ex-oloroso sherry butts. So... Excuse me? This... Come again? <laughs> this Jameson is mm-hmm. finished in sherry barrels and bourbon barrels. Mm. So, Spanish sherry barrels and American bourbon barrels. So that's why they keep talking about the god, make a hell of a flamenco dancer.
2: <laughs> Do we know the age? I'm assuming we're we're it's got it's not written so we're assuming 2 years or 4 years. A pleasant touch of hazelnut and
0: toasted wood component uh Well, this is interesting. A pleasant touch of hazelnut and toasted wood complement the pot still spices. Mm. Pot still spices?
1: Do you know what that means? It's not a thing. It's not a thing. That isn't a thing.
0: So are we claiming they're making up a thing? Well, that's, yeah, I am. I'm going to. I'm going all the way there. Pot still spices, what could they possibly Mm. mean by that?
2: They don't wash the spoon. Yeah. Yeah, mix it with. Yeah. They didn't clean it once. The copper? I don't know. The, co-
0: the, the which I mean I don't know. Pot still spices. Maybe they're talking about the, the just the inherent round flavor you get
2: of, from the copper right, and the
0: fact that the copper's pulling out the sulfur and yeah. I think they're smoking herb. I don't know. I call bullshit on on pot still spices. Yeah. Okay. Um, unless they want to just unless it's the sulfur. The, the lack of sulfur. Right. But then, that is that spices or is that lack of yeah. spices? That's why I, I call bullshit. Um, okay, finish. Pleasantly long with vanilla sweetness, slowly fading to barley grains with a touch of oak jar. That's what I get. I get barley grains with a touch of oak. Yeah. That's what I get.
3: That um, sounds right. All it, that
0: other stuff. It's pretty. Fluff. That's the other as, as thing for me. Some of it me. fluff. I mean, they're throwing in a lot, it's a of, lot of fluff because Jameson for me has always been because barley is such a, there's just not a whole lot to it. And that's why I've always found Irish whiskey very kind of medicinal almost. It's like, it's just very alcohol. There's not a whole lot of roundness or sweetness or anything to it. It's just kind of like, you know, liquor. Yeah. And that's kind of what it tastes like to me. It just kind of tastes like liquor. Because at the end of the day, barley is extremely fermentable. There's a ton of convertible starches in barley, especially with an amylase enzyme. You can just basically it's almost 100% fermentable. So um, that's why they used it. They didn't have corn. Right. They had potato. I'm surprised that potato didn't become a big Irish thing. Yeah. That they, didn't, you know, they weren't making vodka over there. Probably they were they were too, too mu- busy too, eating them.
2: Well, too, too resource intensive. You know, I don't think this at the time of all that. It wasn't like it was free flowing power everywhere. You know, they were in little towns, little farms. Probably didn't have the resource, you know, in electricity or fire to uh, keep a still like that running. I don't know much. what you're talking about. To make vodka, essentially, is to make oh, a, a I, potato I see. Well, alcohol. But they could
0: have made potato <clears throat> whiskey. Yeah. Right?
1: But
2: then I mean, my,
0: my point is, I guess, is that per- potato is fermentable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It's a ton of sugars in it, and they got a lot of potato in Ireland. I'm just surprised that that wasn't the, the starch that they decided to make. They were the, My point I think they were too busy eating the potatoes. So how do you like it, Joss? It's good. You're Irish. I am. How, I mean, like, are you an Irish whiskey guy? You know, I am I wasn't born there, Jer, So
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a huge, huge, huge Irish whiskey guy. Like, I grew up, you know, as kind of a Jack Daniels man. Simple. See? Simple man. I, I can't go farther, you know. That's my wheelhouse. The Maker's Mark, the Jack, Knob Creek. You know, that's that's flavor country for my own palate. I think that's very good, and I have Jameson in my cupboard at home. So I do like it, but it's not like my very, very favorite.
2: It's what you drink. You don't like it, huh? The rest is oh, good. Gone. I like it. No, nah, like you it. don't like it.
1: No, I like it. You're not putting words in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's all, at least a third
2: of the bottle's gone. We, we can't hate it. Joss never found a whiskey he didn't like. Seriously. Enough so
0: Jameson's Cooper's crows now we know what a Cooper's crows is mm-hmm. Cooper is what we call an occupational name which is very cool like Weaver or Cartwright or Baker right you know S- yeah I mean, no I
1: get it it's that goes way way back right
0: to, it goes back to like serfdom yeah England yeah England um you know, you were named after what you did for a living. Smith. Right, exactly. Fluffer. Yeah. Like, if your last name's Wiper, it's probably yeah. pretty clear. You helped the king out. Right, what you did for a living. <laughs> right? Stroker. You know, these are names that are rough to live with.
1: <laughs> but have been parried, evidently been passed on for many <laughs> generations. Yeah. Right, right.
0: Webs, we were weavers. If you look up in the in the in the on the on the interwebs the origins of some English last names and occupational surnames, in the third sentence, "web" was another word for weaver. A Webster was usually a female weaver, hmm. so Websters were female weavers and Webs were male weavers. What do you think a spinner did? He spun Sp- spun yarn. Spun yarn. Um, but, but we already.
2: A, but that's England. That's a completely another other country. Hooper.
0: (laughs) They made barrels. No, Coopers made barrels. Hoopers worked with Coopers to make the hoops for barrels. Well, the
1: hoops for the barrels.
0: Right. Barrel family. A hooper was a kind of a um, blacksmith.
2: Blacksmith, yeah.
0: Smith. You know. um, How about colored names like white, black, and brown? Do you know where those came from? So people ate different kinds of bread depending on how wealthy you were. White bread was obviously more expensive because it was bleached and you know um and the darker the bread got the less expensive it was so different bakers became known for the kind of bread that they baked Mm -hmm. and if you were a white bread baker your last name was white if you were a brown bread baker your last name was brown if you were a black bread baker that's like that's a tongue twister you guys try to say that after a bunch of shots of
2: jameson if I'll you were a brown, a, bed break, break, a brown, brown bed, bread break, break brown bread, break hard. <laughs> what I want to know is, uh, did, did the bakers ever get together with like the confectioners? You know, so you had maybe a sweet bread. I think that's where the darker the berry, the sweeter the juice comes from.
0: Nice. No, I think that's a maybe. May, maybe? Maybe? I thought that was a distilling term. Oh, yeah. I met a John Sugar once.
2: Wow, was he sweet? Yes. (laughs) All right, so (laughs) along with Irish whiskey, (laughs) to
0: celebrate tonight, my wife has provided for us a fine meal of corned beef, cabbage, and potatoes. Soda bread. And soda bread, which is an an American tradition, we know for sure. Um, In my research, what I found out is it's not quite an Irish tradition.
2: Yeah. Once again... St. Patrick's Day or the the corned beef. The
0: corned beef and and cabbage and soda bread. So St. Patty's Day comes around, and we like to eat a I bunch. Need to, of- I need to stop you right there. Yeah,
1: those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. All right, let's talk about it. You don't call it St. Patty's Day. Oh shit, Patty is the uh, s- um, slang slang for Patricia. Okay. So Irish people get very offended if you call it Patty's Day. Especially okay. to a to a man, right? Right, St. right, right. St. Patrick's
0: Day. It's Saint Patrick's Day. Well, let, you gotta, are they me, even really celebrate it over there though?
2: Let me let well, me I
0: think but,
1: yes, I mean
2: Step in on this one. As a um, man who's lived in Ireland. Yeah, it, I, I it did, might be Priscilla. Priscilla. I did too. Or I think it's I think it's Patricia, but Patty is the is the slang for an Irishman. It's not doesn't have anything to do like People will say, "Oh, yeah, you know, you'll do something stupid." And if you did something stupid with like some American people or Europeans around you, they go, "Oh, you're think I'm such a fucking patty."
0: Right? No, in the International Ballers Club, yeah, there's Yanks, yeah. Patties, yeah. Limies, yeah. right? No, we all know how where what category we fall in.
2: Yeah, and uh, when I was there, the uh, so I, I don't think Patty they take Patty that offensively. Um, but also I was there during uh...
1: Well they don't like the car bomb
2: No no the Irish car bomb That's isn't not a drink.
1: Move. Nine don'ts of St. Patrick's Day Don't wish someone a, ha- a happy <laughs> Don't wish someone A happy St. Paddy's Day Patty's a nickname for Patricia not Patrick Patty is a diminutive of Patrick From the spelling Padraig
0: Someone went through the trouble to build that They must be a bit serious Okay so don't call it St. Paddy's Day all right, so another thing that Americans like to do on St. Patrick's Day, and I'm pretty sure that St. Patrick's Day isn't even really that big a deal in Ireland. I would, In fact, I've been in Ireland on St. Patrick's Day. We were there, and it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. They were like, oh, yeah, for the tourists. Right. You know? So, but another thing Americans like to do is eat corned beef, and and I just like I figured we talk about it. So my wife made some. You like it? Yeah, it was delicious. Absolutely delicious. It was great. It was phenomenal. Here's here's a little bit of the the story of corned beef. It's not something they eat in Ireland. The reason it is tied to Ireland is because of this. In the 17th century, there was a lot of cattle in Ireland. Um, There's always been a lot of cattle there. Beef in Ireland is good, yeah. right? The Irish salt tax in the 17th century, who knew there was a
2: salt tax? Salt's a major right? financial commodity. currency and right? commodity, it's a commodity everywhere in the Always world. Always has been. Well, salt, it,
0: has, su- it has been for thousands right. of years. Salt, sugar, these are the these are the things that have spices fueled expansion, right. development. And it, so, kept be, it kept beef from going bad.
1: You know, that goes way
0: back to Native American.
1: You know, right. Salt is so, a right. Huge the preservation.
0: So that's where we're going. So, the preservation of of beef with salt goes back forever and ever. Right. During the 17th century, Irish had great beef, and they had access to good salt because there was a their salt tax was one tenth the salt tax of England. So Ireland could buy great salt. Mm-hmm. And they had good beef on hand. So they were curing great beef, and it became this huge commodity, like on the global scale. In fact, it was the number one, um, at one point, it dominated transatlantic trade, and it was providing all the provisions for the Anglo Franco War. So while England and France are fighting, everybody's eating corned beef.
2: It traveled well.
0: It traveled well. Salted beef, mm-hmm. right? Corned beef comes from the Germanic kernum, Mm. which means small seed. So, at some point, they were adding pickling spices to the salted beef, which is what corned beef is to cure it. Salted beef with pickling spices as part of the curing process. So, once people tasted that, they went crazy for it, man. And it's great. Yeah. And it became so popular that it was one of those things that the people who were making it, the Irish, couldn't afford it. So it was going out, you know. It was it, like I said, it was dominating. Tr- what I say, uh, something dominating transatlantic trade. I mean, there was a point where it was like corned
2: beef, man, or gu- Guinness and corned beef. Yeah, probably corn- had the and, largest and sugar. Maybe.
0: Yeah, you like like put corned beef in your wallet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, so
0: it it became so popular, the Irish, the people that are making it, couldn't even afford it. They were just exporting it. So it's tied to Ireland, but Irish people weren't eating it. It's not an Irish tradition because they couldn't afford it. Right? Yeah. So then the Irish moved to the United States, and they moved to places like New York and Chicago. Boston. Boston. And they are put in areas where immigrants are put, often with Jewish immigrants. So the Irish immigrants and Jewish immigrants developed a very close relationship. And Jewish people had a kosher tradition of not eating pork, and the brisket and beef, they're very, you know, competent with cutting a cow. And brisket is a cheap cut So everybody in the hood could afford brisket and curing it with salt and pickling spices. So it became, a uh, in, in the United States, it became very, very popular in these immigrant communities of Irish and Jewish Americans. And that is why it's an American tradition to eat corned beef because all the people that developed the country our our immigrant forefathers were big fans of it but not the irish they're not eating no. it in dublin today
2: like i don't think in the two years i was there i don't think i ever saw corned beef once
1: oh you're taking off the jacket I a Took bit. off the jacket well simon blew it the heat's been on for an hour and a half yeah now it's uh it's up to like
0: 95 degrees in here so let's call my wife who made us the corned beef so my wife's last name is Fancy, Megan Jean Marie Fancy. Social Security number,
2: yeah, <laughs> credit card.
0: Fancy is an Irish name. She, uh, let's let's just call her. My wife was Miss Colleen.
2: But her name's Megan.
0: Hi. Megan. Yes. You're you're on the podcast. So thank you for providing dinner for us. It was wonderful. You're
3: Ma- welcome.
1: Megan,
0: it was so good. Tell us how you prepared
1: it's
3: salty, it. Salty probably no. a
0: little bit. Oh, well, it's salted beef. I mean, of course it's gonna be salty.
3: I've just been like chugging water.
0: <laughs> We've been chugging too. Whiskey. I'm not gonna say it was water. But probably it was... drink water. So, Meg, we just wanted to call you and thank you for, for providing us our, our our dinner tonight. And also, you're pretty Irish, right, Meg?
3: Yes. I think at this point, everyone is a little bit of everything.
0: But, I mean, you're...
3: There's a dominant side on my dad's side that, you know, we can directly link probably, I don't know, um to uh, 1700s 1800s and then they uh, from Northern Ireland on my dad father's side
0: and so then at a very young age you got into Irish dance.
3: Yes so you know we'll get into the history like of all things everything has roots and lineage and, it's fascinating, right? But of course, mainstream and technology, and of course, you know the television. And um, in the nineties, the big that the very famous show, you know, so Irish dance, everyone loves to. Oh, you river danced. No, river dance
0: is what every Americans think of when we think of Irish dance. Is what you're trying to say? Yeah,
3: I had a friend this morning. She was like, "Oh, you know, you're a jigger." And I'm like, yeah. So how do you do jig dance? And I'm like, oh, you know. You'd... But yes, the huge show, I river dance.
0: Let me ask you this, Meg. Why does Irish dance look so awkward? I mean, the, your hands are your side. It just seems so stilted. I mean, where's where's the joy?
3: You know, it's called inner joy. There's many theories as to why Irish dance evolved into... It is the only dance form where you do not use your arms. My Irish dance teacher, who her parents were from Ireland and settled in San Diego, and she had a little bit of an accent when she when she would say things, but she, you know, being an Irish-American, and she said, uh, you know, you have to dance as if there's a rod up your arse. And That's I,
0: what it looks like.
3: That's what it looks like. You literally are dancing as if yeah, you know. So um, there's a lot of theories. One of which is because of the Catholic Church.
0: If you move your arms too much, you must hate Jesus. No, no, they repressed
3: the Irish, as we know, and repressed, um, you know, a lot of maybe I don't, you know, cult. uh, Let's just say practices where you know men and women were touching. And so that's why they did away with, you know, arms by your sides, you know, uh, your good posture, standing up straight, and then kind of taking the whole facial expression out of it and being very, like, stoic, you know? So if you think even back, another dance form that's been around for, I know, expert, but ballet, for example, hundreds of years, ballet, right? And they, again, you know, why is there a different kind of expression, you know, very kind of stoic.
0: And calm. You know, I never really thought about it before, but the origins yeah. of art is always extremely interesting. And if you really start to think about it, like why did they start? Where did, where did ballet come from? Where did Irish dance come from? I mean, why did someone, connected. you know, you, all of a sudden you're standing on your toes, you know, I don't know, but that's, that's extremely interesting.
3: There's a lot of similarities. So around the 18th century is when, um, and, you know, for many years, we have seen different avenues of art, right? And different movements and all those artists conjugate together, right? And gather and they, you know, there's, right? There's so much to that conversation, specifically pertaining to Irish dance and Irish culture in the 18th century, as we know, right, the English—so if we go back even before that, the Druids, which were um, from the Celts, and there were different Stonehenge. formations of people, right? Stonehenge. don't like each other, right? So, you know, lots of war and even Romans trying to come in at some point there, and so I'm really— being broad here but eventually everyone separates everyone then dominates each other and then form forms as we know ireland so in ireland in the 18th century there was a movement for to reclaim irish culture and art or irish culture right in the form of uh, food and music um and 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 dance So uh, pertaining to dance specifically, there were dance masters that started to emerge and they would travel around town to town, county to county and would teach lessons and they were on like a circuit. And then it was competitive, like, oh, who is your dance master? You know, oh, no, my master is better than yours, basically.
0: Right, because I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize is that Irish dance is a lot like kung fu in that it was like dojo versus dojo. Um, Irish dance is a competitive
2: dance, similar to like, karate and Okinawa.
0: But I can't actually think of any other competitive dance where. Oh, so there I, is. So, so in
3: India, if you there's Bollywood competitions in in um, in Japan, they have like the geisha being you know their dance form. Every culture
2: Zoolander.
3: has something in depth. I'm sure there's Scottish dance competitions well, it, you know there's ballet it's you know everything is competitive yeah. but as I think, think
0: that's w- what w- w- something fashion. that I didn't know about Irish dance before I met Meg is that it's much more like a sport it's not just performance you're up there you're perf- you're performing sure but it's competitive you're being judged the entire time all Irish dance feshes have judges there are no like ballet doesn't have judges tap dance doesn't have judges. Irish dance has a judge every single time as a fesh. That's I can't that, that and that's my point. I
2: don't know of any other kind of dance that has a judging platform. Oh, I judge people as soon as I see them dance. <laughs> yeah. And have you're see-
3: all judging, we're a judgy society. Well, I would love to correct you, my love, my sweet husband and just say I am I'm no expert but there is competition, at least today, and there has been for I don't know, you know,
0: just dance. Really pick- I mean, and sure, really,
3: you know, co- competition in all dance and all art has been around, and there's judges. How do you think everyone gets into particular <clears throat> ballet schools or particular, you know, whatnot? And because they're competing, and they're they're usually it's it's solo.
1: Have you guys not seen the Happy Days where Fonzie is in the dance competition? Wow. And they were judging him? They were judging at, at, the, big, at the,
2: the Big A. The Big A. No. Owls. Big Owls, yeah.
0: Meg, let me ask you this. Having been an American and, mo- and you lived in Ireland for a little while, right?
3: I did. Not as long as Ryan Hatch, your co-host. Mm. Um, but for three months, I did. And why were
0: you over there?
3: For a summer abroad. You, After my sophomore year in college, and I lived in a university University of Belfast.
0: So, you you went to Ireland and lived there for three months because you were Miss Colleen. What is Miss Colleen?
3: Miss Colleen is a another competition, like a title to win. Being a your you are an ambassador through a organization called the irish congress which is a national organization in the united states there is pockets it's not everywhere it's in major cities of where there is a lot of irish culture irish population and uh so you you think right chicago there's uh there was a representative there that i met in ireland a girl from chicago irish congress so i joined irish congress When I was dancing in San Diego and growing up. And um,
0: so, is Irish Congress specifically an Irish dance thing or is it an Irish culture thing?
3: It's an Irish culture organization. Okay. Yeah. They put on the parade, they sponsor the parade. They, at least in San Diego, they do. Um, And then they once a year would host a contest called Miss Colleen which is they choose an unmarried woman between the ages, I believe it was like 18 to 25, and how do they contribute their Irish heritage to their community? And so I entered in it when I was 19 and won, and my platform was teaching dance, and that's how I give back.
0: That's very cool. Okay. Yes. Now, are you still involved with the Irish Congress? No, is it once some...
3: I won, I was done.
0: One, <laughs> one and done, as they say in the one industry. One and
3: done, yeah.
0: Um, and then so while you were over there, was it just college, or were you still dancing while you were in Ireland? Or were you just no, was it I studies? I, I, and... uh, so
3: I, I, won a basically once once you win the Miss Colleen, your sponsored full paid trip to go to Ireland, uh, and it was end of the spring. Uh, I was in uh, end of May at the time um, to go compete in another competition. That was a global a worldwide competition of other Colleen's. So there were women from all over the United States, uh, Europe and the UK and especially Ireland. So that was very cool. It was like 32 of us from all over i was in ireland for uh, about two weeks competing in that called the maiden of the morns i sadly did not win the girl from Derry won that year but you had to perform a talent i mean it was kind of i mean it's a pageant and i had never done pageants in my life no and no there was no swimsuit or anything inappropriate (laughs) uh, i'm not saying that's inappropriate but we didn't do that you had to speak about, uh, you had to submit an essay. You had to uh, answer questions about world peace and whatnot. No. Social issues. And then you performed a talent. So, of course, mine was dance.
0: What did the girl from Dairy do? They got her the, the gold cup.
3: She sang um, She sang the song Fields of Gold uh, so by v- Sting or the police.
0: <laughs> it's Tantra, baby.
3: Uh, but that's that's a and then there was another gal there were other dancers um other uh they played instruments um reciting poetry there was uh i mean you know you you name it It there's all sorts of interesting things to share but it was very cool it was very fun And the whole town, so it's a town in Northern Ireland outside of Belfast in the Mourn Mountains. And the whole town came to see our pageant the night.
0: Very cool. So it was pretty cool. Very cool.
3: And then I ended up staying and then kind of tying that into, uh, coincide actually with um, my studies at San Diego State through uh, a study abroad English Program through University of Belfast, and you just—I just—I took one class, and I got to be there for almost three months. And I almost had an accent when I came home; It was pretty funny.
0: That's that is funny. You, as a person that has traveled with you, I know that about you—that no matter where we go, within a couple of weeks, you have the accent. So.
3: You definitely know that about me. You make fun of me for it.
0: <laughs> I would never make fun of you.
3: Why are you? Speaking weirdly to the people here. And I'm like, I don't know. I just pick up languages.
0: Um, okay. Well, that's awesome. Thanks for the little bit of, of history on Irish dance. And thanks again for feeding us. It was awesome. We all really, really enjoyed it. Okay. I love you, Meg.
3: I love you too, Jair.
0: All right, sweet. I'll be home soon. Thanks Bye. for having me. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Thanks. And that's going to do it for this week. Thanks, as always, for being here. You know that we really appreciate it. We're having a blast, and we hope that you are too. And we look forward to seeing you right here next week on the Jeremy Webisodes Podcast.